Hello and welcome to All Gospel No Germs. You can follow us on Twitter or email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is a sermon that was preached by Al, Alistair Kay, on Sunday the 24th of May, based on John 17, verses 9 to 11, and then 20 to 23. And the reading is by Olu Adankule. I'm reading this morning is taken from John 17, 9 to 11, and then John 17, 20 to 23. So I'll start with John 17, 9 to 11. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me. For they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but those are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as you have. John seventeen twenty to 23. I do not pray for those alone. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who I believe in me through their worlds, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you give me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as you have one. 23. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. So my, my understanding about this reading is that we are one in Christ. We are united as one entity through the love of our um, God, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you so much to the children, the young people of St. Luke's Church for those beautiful pictures of the disciples these heroes, these people that we hear about in the gospel stories. This week was Ascension Day, and this Sunday after Ascension, it's the time when we do think of the fact that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. But today I just want to focus on something a little bit different. I want to focus in on us, the people that he's praying for. His friends we're his friends, and so were the disciples. And so just for a moment, I want to think about those disciples and think using kind of those wonderful pictures that the children um, that, uh, drew as a, just a starting point to think about them and what Jesus prayed for them. Now, I want to ask you something. If you had a final prayer, a final wish for people, what would it be? Well, John chapter 17 says that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane on the final night of his life. And of course, he's praying and it's a, a desperately difficult time. And just think of all that he's going through at the time. 
that Jesus actually prayed for his special friends and he prayed for his disciples. And what did he pray? Well, uh, I don't know what you would wish for your best friends. Maybe you would wish them success in life, that you'd wish happiness. Maybe you might wish for them uh, fame and fortune. But Jesus prayed something else, and it was very, very interesting. Three times in John 17, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays that we, his disciples, might actually be one. We might be one. What does that mean? Well, at a desperate, desperate time of Jesus, just hours away from the cross, Jesus is praying that his disciples, his followers on earth, uh, might be one. He prays for strength and protection and joy and purpose. And why wouldn't you? But he asks that us, his followers, might be united. He didn't pray that we'd be the same. He didn't pray that we'd be clones of one another. He didn't pray that we'd always agree because we don't. He prayed that there might be love and unity between us. Do you know, sometimes when you think about the disciples, you might think of something like this. The disciples were kind of stained glass superheroes. This is from a church in Worcester. But the reality was that the disciples were very normal, human, frail human beings. We know that Peter was impulsive. And if you've been around an impulsive person around, and we've got lots of impulsive people on the staff team, you know that it just wears you out. And maybe Peter wore people out. There was James and John, the sons of thunder. They had a fire in their belly. Probably not the easiest people to live with at their worst times. What about Mary and Martha? We hear about a full-scale argument in Luke chapter 10 that they had with one another. The disciples bickering on the road in Mark, Mark uh, chapter 10. It was really difficult sometimes. And the disciples had to learn to get on with each other. But Jesus actually taught that if they were to be a witness of the love of God, not that they had to be the same, not that they had to agree on everything, but that there ought to be a love and a friendship between them, something that was really, really strong. And we see in the gospel stories, and then when we go into Acts, we see how strong the disciples were made. These very weak and fallible people, somebody once described them as a collection of saints and fatheads. Well, um, sometimes they were saints, sometimes they were fatheads. But God built them up. And on these very, very fallible, normal human beings, God built his church, both men and women. So thinking of that message, how can we be one? How can we be one in our Christian lives, in our family, a very diverse family, a family from many different backgrounds, a family of many different life experiences? And I want to tell you, spiritually, I wear one of these, and I'm sure you do as well. We learn God is teaching us how to be a family, how to relate to one another and how to get on with one another. How do we do this? Well, I don't think we can do this without prayer. I was Googling this week and looking at self-help websites and trying to see, you know, how uh, people on, on the Internet, people on Google say, how do you improve your life? How do you improve your relationships? And there was one site that gave 42 different uh, types of uh, things, 42 different types of, of ways of improving your life. And none of them was prayer. 
But prayer is vitally important. Using a picture, if our life was a plant, this is the bit that we see. But it's the bit under the surface. It's actually the roots that's important. And the only way that God can really change us from the inside, if you like, our roots, our spiritual roots, is through prayer, through spending time in prayer. God has promised that he would change us from the inside, that he'd knock our rough edges off. In John chapter 3, it talks about the, the things, the problems that we have in our relationships actually come from within us. Jealousy, hatred, dissension, disagreements, quarrels. That begins in me. And I guess it begins in you sometimes as well. And yet God is at work in our lives. He's there to heal us and to bring us and make us like him. The second thing I want to say today is that another thing that we sometimes do amongst our friends, and I think the disciples were always doing this, they were always comparing themselves to one another. I've got a picture of one of my heroes here. This guy, I don't know if anybody recognises him. He might not be one of your heroes, but he's certainly one of mine. He's a guy called Troy Deeney. And I, for too many years to, to mention, since I was a kid, I've supported Watford. I used to go and see them when I lived in Watford. And I used to always admire and use as role models the great strikers of the day. I could rattle them off. I'd bore you incredibly if I did. But, um, but actually, we want to. We want to aspire to be things, and that's really good. But God calls us to be the person that he's called us to be. We don't have to be like anybody else. See, the problem is when we compare ourselves to other people, sometimes we get jealous. Sometimes we look down on them. Sometimes we get proud. Sometimes we get arrogant. Sometimes we get a bee in our bonnet about things. And God reminds us, fix our eyes on him. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's the person who knocks the rough edges off us so that we can be like him. So those disciples wore L plates. It wasn't easy. They went through their life learning to follow Jesus. And as they learned to follow Jesus, they grew closer with each other. And so are we. I praise God that we're not all the same as a Christian family. But I do thank you for the way that different people growing together and relating to one another can show love and support to one another. And the world needs to hear that as well. Jesus wanted us to be one. And the reason for it in John chapter 17 is that the world might know that he sent Jesus. We are the only gospel that people will read. So today, just a few thoughts from John 17, what it means to be one. It's a big thing that Jesus asks us to, to do, but he hasn't left us on our own. Jesus prays that we might be one. I'm going to pray now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reminder of the drawings from the children of the disciples, the very normal men and women that he chose to follow him. We thank you for the boys and girls that he cho chooses to call to um, follow him as well. And pray that we'd learn what it is to be a family, to love each other, to honour each other, to forgive each other, and to grow more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Risen, ascended, Lord, as we rejoice at your triumph 
Fill your church on earth with power and compassion, that all who are estranged by sin may find forgiveness and know your peace, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk or follow us on Twitter for news and updates where our handle is gospelnogerms. God bless and take care.